Side Hustle Show 303, 15 things you can do over the next year to start living for free. These are the income streams I'm working on right now. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because making extra money never goes out of style. A little bit of a backstory. Four years ago, I did an episode called The Eight Income Streams I'm Working On Right Now. It was a pretty popular one at the time, but a few listeners have been asking for an update. So here we are. And before we dive in, know that I'll advocate simplicity before diversification. A lot of these income streams of mine are going to be related and they have some overlap, but they're also things I've been working on and building for years in most cases. I want to say more is not necessarily better. The way I want to frame this is what I call the side hustle snowball, where you itemize out your monthly expenses, starting with the smallest subscriptions, stuff like your gym membership, your life insurance, your cell phone bill, and working your way up to the things that eat a bigger percentage of your monthly budget, your car payment and insurance, your food, your groceries, your student loan payment, your daycare, your rent, your mortgage. And the idea behind the side hustle snowball is to slowly erase or eliminate those expenses with new income. What can your side hustle make free? And it's natural to want to erase your mortgage. And I think that's actually an awesome goal. But the snowball lets you work your way up to that and celebrate some smaller wins along the way. A lot of the income streams I'll share, I actually try and position that way because the truth is they're not all huge. A lot of them are snowball worthy though. And I think you can start using them to start chipping away and building momentum toward that ultimate goal of financial independence. It's a little bit of a look behind the scenes, a little bit of a choose your own adventure. Like which of these could you add to your own stack? And I'll also share the income streams that are missing, the mini businesses or experiments I've shut down or chosen not to focus on. Notes for this episode and links to all the resources I'll mention are at sidehustlenation.com slash income streams. Okay, income stream time. I'm going to follow that side hustle snowball framework and roughly go in order from smallest to largest. Ready? Let's do it. Income stream number one is YouTube ads. And this is a newer income stream for me because YouTube really has not been a focus. In fact, if you visit my channel today, youtube.com slash Nick Loper, you'll see that most of the videos are really just episodes of this podcast with a static placeholder image. That practice is actually kind of controversial among podcasters to publish your episodes like that because they're like, hey, it's a video platform. What are you doing just putting audio up there? While that is definitely true, obviously YouTube is a video platform, the way I look at it is as a new discovery channel. It's another search engine for people to potentially discover your content. And sure, some of them might be upset when they realize it's not a video. I've gotten some comments like that in the YouTube comments. But you never know where your next raving fans are going to come from. So I will gladly take that incremental exposure to reach more people, to help more people. If you're curious, tunes2tube.com is the tool that I use to push the MP3s over there. Now, on the ads front, the money front, I began experimenting with this after my chat with Thomas Frank from College Info Geek, who's a guest on the podcast a couple years ago. Now, he's got over a million subscribers on YouTube, so his numbers are a little bit different than mine. But what he said during that interview was that viewers on YouTube expect ads. They think it's just YouTube running an ad before their video, not knowing that the individual video creator has a little on-off toggle switch that they can turn the ads on or off. So viewers on YouTube have come to expect ads, and they're not going to hold that against you. So over the last year, these YouTube ads, and remember, this is income stream number one, have made me $930. Not 
a lot, but it's not nothing either. So in terms of the side hustle snowball, that probably pays our car insurance for the year. That's almost a month worth of daycare. That's a free e-bike, my favorite new purchase, however you want to frame it. Now, I should note that monetization on YouTube is only available to accounts with over a thousand subscribers. So definitely look at this as an incremental passive income stream, not necessarily something to base your business on. Income stream number two is credit card rewards. And this is a fun one. Maybe it's not a true side hustle in the entrepreneurial sense of the term, but taking strategic advantage of credit card rewards is definitely something that adds a material amount to our bottom line every year and equally important to our lifestyle. So my wife and I, and now our kids as well, have been able to travel quite a bit over the last few years. And the truth is, outside of the Instagram photos and what it looks like in the Facebook feed, the truth is almost all of these trips were heavily subsidized by banks, essentially, in the form of airline miles, travel points, hotel rewards. I may have a dedicated episode on this in the future, but for right now, let me point you to freecreditcardcourse.com. It's a quick free guide I put together on how to get started earning free money and rewards from what you're already spending. And that's the important caveat here is you have to be a responsible borrower. If you end up paying interest and buying stuff you don't need or you can't afford, you're going to wipe out any benefit of this side hustle. And I'll admit, I'm a little addicted to this stuff. And I think you will be too once you learn how really simple it can be. Freecreditcardcourse.com for an intro into this world. Income stream number three is Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y.com. Since 2014, I've made over $19,000 on Udemy. It's a peer-to-peer education platform. The vast majority from that is just from one course on Kindle publishing. And to be honest, I've been really pleasantly surprised with the longevity of this income stream and the passiveness of it. Occasionally, I'll get an email about student questions, but for the volume of enrollments that I have, which is to say not a lot relative to some other Udemy instructors, it really hasn't demanded a ton of time input at all over the last few years. Now, as far as the recent income trends go, obviously, that of that 19000 it's heavily front-loaded, but over the last 12 months, Udemy's averaged around 250 bucks a month for me, which covers, again, in the side hustle snowball framework, covers our monthly utilities, our internet, cell phone bill, gas and electric, pretty solid. And actually, as an experiment, I recently syndicated that free credit card course I just mentioned to Udemy to see if I could pick up any incremental views and has over a thousand students already. So freecreditcardcourse.com will take you to the version on Side Hustle Nation now. Income stream number four is peer-to-peer lending. And actually, the next few income streams I'm going to share are investment-based income streams. But that starts with number four, peer-to-peer lending. Obviously, don't take this as investment advice or endorsement or solicitation. So my efforts on peer-to-peer lending have been focused on two sites, Prosper.com for consumer lending and Kickfurther.com for business lending. Historically, Prosper was a nice little passive income stream, spinning off 8 to 10% returns and over $200 a month in positive cash flow. Lately, though, my portfolio there has been taking a nosedive, if I'm being totally honest. Maybe my strategy of going after the high-risk, high-return notes is coming back to bite me. So this income stream has actually been going backwards this year, about $50 a month in the red. I've been a Prosper investor since 2011, so my overall portfolio over that time frame is still in the black, actually by quite a bit, I think over $11,000 in that time frame. But I'm drawing down the account right now as notes mature for some other platforms I'll, I'll share in a moment. 
And Kickfurther is another alternative investment experiment where you invest in inventory for growing e-commerce companies. You'll find lots of Amazon sellers and other brands on there. This has been kind of the opposite experience as Prosper, where I started out in the negative, but have been seeing slightly better performance lately as they've added more seller protections and stuff. It's hard to build a diverse portfolio of loans on Kickfurther just because the volume of borrowers isn't there yet. So you end up having a lot of eggs in one basket if one deal goes south, but it's a platform that I'll keep an eye on. Hey, entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences with Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Income stream number five is alternative real estate investments. So I mentioned drawing down my Prosper account, but I'm still trying to figure out where to put that cash to good use. One place it's ended up lately is in real estate investments, but not direct ownership, meaning owning a rental property and and renting that out to a family. But that brings me to income stream number five, alternative real estate investments, and specifically PeerStreet.com and Fundrise.com. PeerStreet, I believe, is only open to accredited investors, but Fundrise, I think, is open to everyone, provided the company hasn't reached its annual limits. With PeerStreet, you're essentially helping real estate flippers with their acquisition and rehab costs and earning 7 to 9% on your investment. The big advantage over Prosper is the loans are backed by the real property. So if the borrower stops paying, you have some recourse, namely foreclosure, which the platform handles. That and the loans are shorter term, generally like one year or less instead of three to five years on Prosper. The big drawback is it's a $1,000 minimum investment per deal compared to $25 on Prosper. So if one of those blows up, it could potentially be 
a big blow and actually have one deal that's getting foreclosed on as we speak. So we'll see if Peer Street is able to recoup the principal in that case. And on Fundrise, they have several funds that operate like mini REITs or real estate investment trusts where you're buying a combination of debt and equity in a range of commercial properties they've bundled together. You're not going to be as diversified as, say, like a Vanguard REIT like VNQ, but I'm about three years into my investments there and I've been happy with the cash flow returns so far. Of course, there also haven't been any major real estate downturns during that time too, so probably too early to tell how it all shake out. But between the two platforms, I'm seeing a few hundred dollars a month in interest and dividends, and I'm pretty happy about that. Income stream number six is dividend investing. And this is the last investment income stream. I've been pursuing a dividend growth portfolio over the last several years, in part inspired by Ace Chapman. Remember, when I need money, I go buy it. This has been my relatively low risk way to go out and buy cash flow. Still haven't pulled the trigger on buying another online business, but I've been putting some cash into boring old companies like AT&T, Procter & Gamble, Chevron, that have a history of not only paying dividends, but increasing those dividends year after year after year. I'm the person who always thinks the market is about to tank. So investing for cash flow, not really caring about share price appreciation, that's been helpful for me to get in the game, just a different way to look at it. There are some cool new tools. You can actually make free trades like uh, Robinhood and M1 Finance. So I'll link those up in the show notes. And I'm just using my old Fidelity account just for the sake of comfort. And that's like where I've had, that's the brokerage account that I've had for years. But the other recommendation I want to make here is to take a look at your net worth and use a tracking tool like Personal Capital. I know last week we talked about keeping an eye on your KPIs, your key performance indicators. And I think your net worth is definitely a KPI worth tracking. So Personal Capital is a slick free tool that'll help you get that done. It's like mint.com, but on steroids. Sidehustlenation.com slash PCAP is my affiliate link for that. But again, totally free to use. Definitely recommend checking it out. Now, the dividend investing stuff, you know, a 4% dividend yield might not seem super exciting in the moment, but over time, I've built this income stream up to several thousands of dollars a year, which to me is really cool. Maybe not the most tax-efficient strategy, but hey, you got to do what gets you excited. Income stream number seven is a throwback to the original 2014 Income Streams episode, and that's Fiverr. Yes, I'm still a seller on Fiverr, and I still make some sales here and there. It's definitely not been a focus lately, and actually, I think my account has been downgraded from top-rated seller to newbie or level one, I think. And that definitely put a dent in my sales and visibility on the platform for sure. And that was mostly a result of me not responding fast enough to like the spam messages that came through. I'm not really sure how that works with their new algorithms. It was a little bit frustrating, but thankfully not relying on Fiverr to put food on the table. In total, I've earned over $13,000 on Fiverr, and that's since 2014, or maybe late 2013. That's a combination of book editing, doing video, website reviews, and selling a handful of digital guides and ebooks. In fact, the gigs that I have live now are almost entirely for those ready-to-deliver products. So any orders that do come through are essentially passive income. Log in, use the text expander, not to fill out the order details and, and send that file over. And I just checked, it's actually worse than I thought, less than 50 bucks a month on average for this year so far on Fiverr. It's not, not a huge income stream, but I still like Fiverr as a buy button platform. Just haven't dedicated the attention that it really needs to sustain and grow. 
Income stream number eight is merch by Amazon. A couple weeks ago, you heard from Flav Medeiros, who is earning $1,200 to $1,400 a month with his print-on-demand t-shirt side hustle. And while I'm not making that kind of money, merch does earn pretty consistent passive income. Though for my wife and I, it's more to the tune of $60 to $200 a month. We had one month that was $500, and I would love to get to that level consistently. And I think we can do it. I think it's just a matter of creating more designs, which hasn't happened since the arrival of Little Hustler number two. But definitely check out episode 216 for more on the merch platform. And actually, Flav mentioned that half or a little more than half of his merch sales actually come from Etsy and a service called Printful. So I'm curious to test out syndicating some of our best-selling designs over there. Income stream number nine is Clarity.fm. And that's another income stream that appeared on my 2014 list. The by the minute consulting platform is really the last holdout of my, you could call it non-passive income, straight trading time for money over there, and have done so to the tune of over $6,000 in total. On a monthly basis today, it probably averages 100 bucks a month, which might only be one or two calls. It's not a horrible disruption in my week in Clarity. What I like about it is it makes it super easy you know, to schedule a call and just do the payment processing and all that. You can check out sidehustlenation.com slash clarity-fm from my article on how to set up your profile. And just a heads up, it's very tech and marketing focused. So if that's not your jam, probably not too many customers out there for you. But of course, the alternative is you can always add a link to your Clarity profile from your own website as an easy way to facilitate calls with visitors. Income stream number 10 is display ads, which I think is a new one over the last few years. These are cool because they're on auto-renewal and generate around $1,000 a month in total. Of course, there were a few years spent getting the traffic to the level that would justify companies spending that with me, but today it's very passive. A portion of that is just straight-up old-school banner ads, but a portion of that is for a featured or sponsored listing in the directory, similar to what you see at the top of Yelp or Google for that matter, This was an idea put forth by Brett Lindenberg in episode 282 for his food truck blog. And the other idea I want to share on the advertising front is if you don't want to clutter the front end of your site with ads, there might still be an opportunity here. One other thing I do is I say to would-be advertisers, hey, I'll host your retargeting pixel. What that means is they can run retargeting ads on Google Display Network or Facebook to my visitors. Now, this isn't on Side Hustle Nation, but it's one of those things I was kind of surprised by. You know, I put it out there and several companies said, yeah, let's do it. And it was easy as copying and pasting some code. Now, the next three income streams I have are all self-publishing related. And number 11 here, the first of these is just Kindle, Kindle author royalties. I still remember my very first author royalties from 2012, and it was something like $46.42 but it was the coolest feeling. Somebody bought my thing. I was a professional author. And now eight books later, I still get that thrill with every order. It's awesome. And Kindle books are a cool brand of digital asset where you can create the product once and sell it over and over and over again. Now, it's been a couple years since my last book, Buy Buttons, though that might change in the next few weeks. Stay tuned. But it's continued to sell over that time. And when I did a breakdown of the book's first full year, I found it had earned almost $18,000 and it had at least nine income streams of its own. So I'll link that income report up in the show notes for this episode at sidehustlenation.com slash income streams. 
But in any case, the Kindle royalties are typically the biggest slice of the author income pie, and for me at least. And over the last 12 months, those have been in the two to $500 a month range. It's not bad for books that were all written in 2016 and earlier. The second component to the self-publishing business is paperback sales, and that's income stream number 12. For me, these are handled by CreateSpace through Amazon, and I believe CreateSpace is being phased out in favor of KDP paperback, so that's probably going to change shortly. But in any case, the paperback editions of my books, they're still going to be print on demand, so no inventory to carry. Amazon handles all the shipping, super cool. CreateSpace generates $150 to $400 a month this year, and I'm planning on experimenting with a new paperback only here book shortly. So that was the one I teased a moment ago. Stay tuned or or make sure you're on the the Side Hustle Nation email list for updates on that. The final self-publishing income stream is audiobooks. And so this is income stream number 13. And I've only got two audiobooks available compared with nine Kindle editions. And I'm a relative newcomer to the audiobook game. So I'll just consider this incremental revenue. It's been between 100 and 200 bucks a month for most of this year. And it was higher last year as, as Buy Buttons was newer. The best deal for authors with audible.com was their bounty program, where if your book was a customer's first audiobook, you'd get 50 bucks, way more than you'd get just from the straight up sale of your book. But they recently changed that to only credit that bounty when someone comes through your specific tracking link. So if you're new to Audible, you can get buy buttons for free. I'll give you that special tracking link in the show notes for this episode at sidehustlenation.com slash income streams. Still, for self-published authors, I highly recommend giving readers all three formats to buy your book. If you're doing a Kindle version only, I think you're leaving a lot of cash on the table. Income stream number 14, and it's turned into a significant one over the past couple years, is, actually I shouldn't say that, all of these are significant. Anything that makes you money is significant. But income stream number 14 for me is podcast sponsorships. This year, just from sponsorship spots, the Side Hustle Show will probably be a forty-five dollars to $50,000 a year business, which is crazy because that's what I used to make at my old job. And that doesn't count any of the other benefits of doing the show. Of course, it took a lot of years to get there, but to me, that's really rewarding. And I actually sold out the ad spots several months early this year, which is cool too, because it meant one less thing to be spending time on for a while. But sponsorships are just one way podcasts can make money. And if you have a show of your own, you might be interested in the others. So I have a post on Side Hustle Nation called 11 Ways to Monetize a Podcast Plus My Actual Results, which I encourage you to check out. And I'll link that up for you as well at SideHustleNation.com slash income streams. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. 
A-N-D-S dot com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. And that brings me to number 15, which is currently my biggest income stream of all, and that is affiliate marketing. How affiliate marketing works is you're earning a commission for selling somebody else's product or service. It's how I got my start online in 2004, and though the methods have certainly changed since then, it still represents a large chunk of my monthly income. Since that was my background with the other sites I was running, I naturally incorporated affiliate links into the content at Side Hustle Nation, and as the traffic has grown, the income has grown as well. And I think I've gotten better at it over the years too, learning from people like Pat Flynn, like Rosemary Groner, Michelle Schroeder-Gardner, Deacon Hayes, Robert Farrington, and probably tons of others. Thank you for all that stuff, guys. If you dig around on the site, you'll see lots of examples of posts that are monetized with affiliate links. Sometimes they're almost over the top, like my monster list of best Udemy courses, which I originally published in 2016, I think. Since then, it's earned over $40,000. The reason it works is, yes, it's a pretty blatant affiliate play, but it's also, I think, a pretty helpful resource. Another example is the new free course on credit card rewards. Again, freecreditcardcourse.com. It's a ton of useful content. Patting myself on the back there. (laughs) And if you sign up for a new credit card through my affiliate link, I'm going to earn a commission on that. So I was earning around $400 a month from credit card sign-up commissions before creating that. And my hope is I can bump that to a consistent $1,500 to $2,000 now that there's a legit asset to point people to. Affiliate marketing works on the podcast as well. Probably one of the best performing examples is Jungle Scout, which is Greg Mercer's Amazon product research software. It's an amazing tool that really has become the industry standard for Amazon sellers. So when Greg comes on the show, delivers a ton of value, and then says, hey, I've got a special deal for Side Hustle Nation, it works. And it's been working to the tune of two to $300 a month in commissions pretty consistently over the last couple years. And over the last five years in building the site and building the podcast, there are tons of little examples like these. Each piece of content you create is like a little micro business on its own, a little minion you send out into the world to to do your bidding. Now, affiliate marketing is not without some drawbacks. Number one, you're making a piece of the sale, not the whole thing. That was a shift in Rosemary Groner's business that she kind of explained in 268 that starting to create her own products was one thing that really exploded her income. Another drawback is you're sending someone off-site, so you have to trust that that person or that company is going to take care of your visitor and deliver on their promises. Another drawback is your commissions 
could be cut at any time, or the company could drop you altogether or just shut down their affiliate program. You don't have as much control. For example, Udemy, I just mentioned, has been one of my top affiliate partners over the last couple of years, but they just cut commissions from, I think, a 40% base rate to 15%. Ouch, that's a pretty serious pay cut. Now, you can flip a couple of those downsides around and paint them as positives, too, because affiliate marketing is a great way to get started making money online because you don't have to create a product of your own from scratch. If somebody else has already done it and that's going to serve your readers, your listeners, why not do them a solid and recommend they check it out? Now, also along those lines, it's a lot less complex business model to be an affiliate than to fulfill your own orders and handle customer support after the sale. I don't think that's what's held me back from jumping in with both feet and creating a product of my own. And actually, that's probably the most glaring omission from this list, a paid course under the Side Hustle Nation brand. I know I'll eventually create one and and sooner rather than later if my mastermind groups have any say in the matter. And it'll be great because it can address the specific issues I hear from my readers and listeners. So an online course or courses by me under the Side Hustle Nation umbrella are one income stream that's missing, but what else? So I haven't done a lot of freelancing lately. A few years ago, I did a decent amount of freelance book editing, also a little bit of freelance writing, and a couple clients even paid me to recruit virtual assistants for them. Similarly, I've pushed pause on the side hustle coaching and mastermind hosting that I used to do. The one-on-one coaching stuff made decent money, but I found it kind of really stressed me out. You had to over-deliver so much mind-blowing goodness in that hour that it probably wasn't realistic. I don't know if that's what clients expected out of it, but I had a hard time with such a direct hours for dollars relationship. And the funny thing is I've turned around and hired a coach specifically for this podcast and I found it to be helpful so far. And the mastermind thing, that was actually the first thing I did to monetize Side Hustle Nation outside of some affiliate links on the site. The groups that I ran were, it was really rewarding to see people making meaningful progress over the course of a few months. But as Side Hustle Nation and some of the other income streams grew, I struggled to make this one worthwhile. And especially after our first son was born, that extra hour in the evenings became much harder to part with. I'm not opposed to doing something similar in the future, perhaps along the lines of what Natalie Ekdahl shared in episode 269, curating really premium mastermind groups, but structuring them in a way that they're super impactful for participants and also worthwhile for me in terms of organizing, hosting, and moderating. Another income stream I've stopped actively pursuing is physical product sales outside of merch by Amazon and the paperback stuff. I dabbled a little bit in the Amazon FBA retail arbitrage world a couple years ago and even ordered some private label product samples from a couple factories in China, but never really moved forward with either. I earned around 650 bucks in profit from the retail arbitrage business, which was cool and it proved to myself that it could be done, but I was frustrated by the needle in the haystack nature of it. So perhaps some private label experiments or some online arbitrage, maybe in the cards down the road, because I still see the awesome power of Amazon and I see other people building awesome businesses on Amazon and maybe even using Amazon to kickstart a standalone e-commerce brand. This hasn't been a focus for me at the moment. So remember the focusing question from the one thing. What's the one thing I can do right now such that by doing it, Everything else will be easier or unnecessary. What's the one thing I can do right now such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? 
I still agree that relying on one source of income long-term is inherently risky, especially if that single income source is a job. But when you're building your side hustle, simplify first, diversify second. So pick one of these. I mean, we gave you 15 income streams. Pick one, commit to it, take action. So that's kind of a behind-the-scenes look of what's keeping the lights on over here at Side Hustle Nation World Headquarters, which is now the closet of my son's bedroom. My workspace keeps shrinking as the family grows. Three main pillars, podcast sponsorships, affiliate income on Side Hustle Nation and other sites, and then my own side hustle experiments, which admittedly have been slacking a little bit lately. And perhaps the fourth pillar, and maybe this is an element of the third, is investments. What do you think? Hopefully you enjoyed this little look behind the scenes and maybe even give you some ideas for income streams you could add to your business. Once again, sidehustlenation.com slash income streams is where you'll find the show notes for this episode and links to all the resources mentioned. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.